This is Dear Hallmark. Each week, I'll bring you reviews of your favorite Hallmark movies and TV shows. So grab a drink and let's see what we're getting into with this episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Dara and this is Dear Hallmark. This is my space where we can just chill and talk about some movies on our favorite made-for-TV movie networks like Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Um, What else? We got Up TV. We have Great American Family. So today we're going to be focusing on Hallmark Channel and Hallmark Mahogany by way of Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. I don't have any news for you this week on the network front, but on the Dear Hallmark front, I do want to mention um, this month kicked my butt when it came to giving you the reviews for Hallmark Movies and Mysteries and um, the Hallmark Channel movie and Chesapeake Shores. Because, you know, I do YouTube companions alongside the podcast episodes. So while there are only two podcast episodes, there's still two YouTube videos for both the Hallmark Movies and Mystery Movie and the Hallmark Channel Movie. And it's a lot. And I need to get my mind right because Christmas is nigh in Hallmark Universe, it is anyway. And... I'm going to take a a beat. I'm going to take a reprieve. So for September, I'm just going to review the the new Hallmark Mahogany movie that's coming out, which is called To Her With Love, which is uh, paying homage to a classic. It's not a direct, you know, rip off. They're going to put their own spin on it. So we shouldn't expect it to be just like the movie. But I'm just going to do a review of that movies and mystery movie for that month now mind you i am gonna watch because there is a mystery that's gonna close out september i'm definitely watching that because that has my girl mallory jansen in it let me know if you guys want me to do a review of the mysteries i'll give a ring a ding ding to my girl jacks and we'll be on the case let me know if you guys want me to do a review of the, I think it's called Francesca Quinn P.I. is the new mystery. And also let me know if you want my thoughts on Love's Portrait and The Secrets of Bella Vista. Love's Portrait is actually coming out this weekend and then Secrets of Bella Vista comes out on September 18th, right before the mystery. So let me know if you want to hear my thoughts. I could probably do like a mini review in an intro for a later podcast but um i just wanted to, i just want to take some time and um yeah just really take a beat so i'm gonna still watch the hallmark channel movies and give you guys my reviews on those but i just won't be doing the hallmark movies and mysteries movie So that's it for like updates and housekeeping and such and so forth. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and we're going to get into our first review, which is Game Set Love. So stay tuned. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, you guys. So... The movie that I'm going to be talking with you about today is called Game, Set, Love, and it stars Davida Williams and Richard Sherman. So here's the premise. Taylor is a tennis pro or semi-pro gone rogue. She's not in the game in the in the game professionally anymore. She coaches at a country club. She coaches kids. And her old doubles partner, Angela Wong, comes to visit her and says, yo, I have a new doubles partner. Would you coach us? She's like, let's go to dinner, blah, blah, blah. Her friend set her up because her dinner is actually a switching bait because it's with this obnoxious kind of like off the rails tennis star who's always throwing fits and catching attitudes. And his name is William Campbell into Richard Sherman. So they meet at dinner and it's proposed that Angela wants Taylor to coach the both of them. She's like, I ain't got time for this. You throwing hissy fits. What What do you want? Like, are you serious? Are you actually serious about this? And he's like, yeah. She's like, fine, show up. And so basically throughout the course of the movie, it's just him navigating, having to submit to being coached because he is, he is such a personality and has such an ego. However, the more they spend time with each other, the more she can see there is a human inside of the monster. And as the movie progresses, Angela sustains an injury and it's proposed that Taylor become his doubles partner which ends up happening they get even closer together then they falls into the love they win a tournament and all is fair in love and tennis right so my overall thoughts you guys i had zero to sub-zero expectations for this movie honestly i was giving it eight side eyes i was just like i don't care i don't care but I I have to like I enjoyed it. This is a four and a half crown movie for me, y'all. I was not expecting a four and a half crown movie out of this. What? The character of William Campbell was so obnoxiously sarcastic and petty that it brought me so much joy. He pushed petty to its outer bound limits. And I relished every second of it. He was over the top. He was unnecessary. He was extra. He was team too much. He was doing the most. In, in the most incredible way. And I appreciated it. And I loved. Like this movie is going down. As one of my favorite enemies to lovers. We know love, love on the air is number one. And I think this may have to be number two. And then Hidden Gems is number three. Because the progression of Hidden Gems was sweet. 
Now with Game Set Love, honestly, I wasn't, I didn't find their romantic attraction to one another believable. It was hard for me to see it. It wasn't until the last maybe 30 minutes of the movie when they have their first kiss when there's slow dance not the second slow dance when she surprises him with his parents that's when I I said okay I can kind of see it you know but that was a big hurdle for me was believing their romantic chemistry I can totally see them as best friends I can totally see them as just enemies like I would love to watch them hate each other I think that would be great I think these two characters would be great in a series I do with an eventual romantic attraction but I wanted to see more more hate (laughs) I know that sounds so weird to say um these the main characters Taylor and William I cared about the most the agent William's agent was a a bit villainous. I thought he was going to be more villainous than he was. So I appreciated the level of villain that he brought. He is a usual suspect. I don't know his name, but I've definitely seen him around in the Hallmark streets for sure. And you will recognize him if you have not seen this movie already. Um, The dad was endearing. She honestly, he didn't look like her dad. Am I the only one? He looked like he could be a fun uncle at at the like maybe like an older older brother and she was like a surprise baby that dude looked too young to be her dad in my opinion i'm like yo really he had beautiful skin too um in terms of the tennis itself i didn't care i wasn't there for the tennis anyway i was there to see how the story progressed and it progressed beautifully I was chuckling within the first like eight minutes of this movie. Like I was really surprised. This was such a beautiful surprise. And what was even more beautiful was the opening scene of this movie. We have this beautiful sugar cookie of a girl sitting next to her mom on the sofa watching Venus Williams win Wimbledon on this classic nostalgic television That probably had a VCR component in it. One of those guys. And her mom telling her you can be anything you want. And then of course she grows up and she's a tennis player. Like I just love that transition. That was so beautiful. Um, And Venus Williams was one of the executive producers of this movie. And so we saw some. um, They did like they showed one of the step and repeats was her I guess it's her tennis wear line I can only assume that she has a line of tennis clothing it's called 11 um and so we saw that a lot 11 by Venus Williams 11 by Venus Williams it did it did its job because now I know what it is so but other than the lack of romantic chemistry and the lack of feels this movie is a 4.5 and it cracked my top five favorite Hallmark movies of the year I was not expecting that at all. And I was talking with someone about this. My top five favorite movies of the year. None of them have feels. None of them have any type of cheese from my cheese shop. 
And it shocks me that that's the case. Granted, these movies are incredible and they're really good and they're really fun. But there's still a part of me that is missing this kind of je ne sais quoi of a feel that I feel like was captured in Christmas in Toyland and it was captured in my grown up Christmas list. And it was captured a little bit in Romance to the Rescue. Romance to the Rescue was the closest non-Christmas movie that we received this year that reminded me of the cheesy feels that I want in my Hallmark movies. So I just have one thing though, a concluding thought, as this is our last Hallmark Channel movie for August. What was the purpose of calling it Fall into Love? We could have saved that for September. We did all of this hullabaloo with a fall checklist and I'm still sweating down my back because it's 92 degrees outside and the humidity is on is on like Wimbledon, pun intended. It's doing its Grand Slam champion tour on my hair and my neck. And you're, you're giving me fall into love energy with this fall into love checklist and bucket list. Are you checking things off and you're falling into love? And you ain't giving me not now. I want to feel but some pecan cake and a dating the Delaney. You guys, I feel some type of way. Uh, because I am one of those Hallmark viewers. You may not find the seasons to be important, but that was the main attraction for me in my Hallmark viewing experience. I am an incredibly moody, atmospheric, sensory person. I love when my sight, my taste, and my ears, when they hear, when it's all about the seasons. And it's so like if I'm watching a fall movie drinking apple cider and it's, it's there's a chill in the air, get out my face. I'm in my happy place. So as someone who truly appreciates the seasonal movies being seasonally led. Now, granted, the movie doesn't like the plot line doesn't have to be a fall plot line. You know what I'm saying? But like because here's a perfect example. Y'all should have saved butlers in love for this. Sorry, my twizzlers are right next to me. You should have saved butlers in love. And don't forget I love you for this. And game set love. And literally all of these movies this month could have been shown. If we could have switched them with the movies in January. This is fall. January's lineup is fall into love. Think about it. We had a maple. Even though we had a spring color palette. And where your heart belongs. I know you don't want to go back there because that movie hurts and it was trash. But, but rock with me. Even though we had a spring color palette and where your heart belongs, we were set on a maple farm. We were tap, tap, tapping maple trees. So I would have been, I would have been, I would have been down for it. Hashtag Brandy. I would have been down. What we got next? Wedding veil. They, their wedding, I think that would have been the perfect like trans, like summer to fall transition movie because it still looked like they were in summer for a majority of the movie and then they get married in the fall. Boom. What's next? We got, don't forget I love you. 
That was a Pacific Northwest fall vibe if I ever saw one. And then Butler's in love. Forget Perfect Pairing because that was actually a winter movie. Butler's in love, even though the premise wasn't fall, it was set in autumn. Every landscape shot that we got in a transition scene was of autumnal trees. And I'm saying it like that because, dang it, I want some fall. I'm just saying. What was the purpose? Why are you pump faking us? Why? If you're not going to do seasons, just don't do it. But don't promise me a season like you write a check that Autumn can't cash. Autumn ain't cash not near one. They done, in fact, the check bounced. There is no funds in the autumnal account. I want my money back. You you gotta pay. Some somebody. Okay, I'm off my my autumnal soapbox, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, what I appreciated that UpTV did for August, they weren't tripping off a of fall just yet. They did Love 101, and it was a back-to-school theme. I thought that was really cute. Everything was was around, whether it was college, it was two teachers at a high school, Someone who taught elementary school. Like. What are we doing? What are we doing? And Great American Family. They're still in summer. They're not starting fall. Until September 24th. And then. That's going to go towards the end of October. Because they're actually. (laughs) Great American Family. Is actually starting fall. When fall is starting. <laughs> what a concept. All right, I'm finished. I'm sorry. Okay, we're going to take a micro break. I apologize if I sound like I'm complaining, you guys, but this is something that I, I really care about because there is a segment. I don't know how strong or large, but there is a segment of us Hallmark viewers who appreciate seasonal content. And I think that they are doing us a disservice and that it's gross, false advertisement. If you're going into the the dead of August on some fall into love energy, but you're not delivering because I'm going to be looking. You giving me leaf, you giving me brown and orange. I'm expecting a turtleneck, a caramel apple, a caramel candy, some maple syrup on a on a pumpkin pancake, maybe even a pumpkin spice latte in the blender. I'm expecting a peacoat, maybe a scarf. Do we get a beanie? Can I get a nice thigh high boot? I think we get a thigh high in engagement plot, but that's up TV. See? Well, we're going to take a break. <laughs> and then when we come back, I am going to just gush about unthinkably good things. So stay tuned. It's time to talk about unthinkably good things. Oh my gosh. Y'all, I'm so proud to be a black woman. 
I just want to say that. This movie made me so happy. I was so... I felt seen. And I loved watching this movie. And it's funny because when they announced that Hallmark Mahogany was even going to be doing films, they announced this last July. I was like, well, psyche, psyche, interesting, huh? And I talked a little bit about this in an Instagram live that I did with Anne from the Hallmarkies podcast. So if you guys are hip to Hallmarkies and she does the Chesapeake Shore recaps that that group does. Um, and she's also in a few of the interviews that um, Hallmarkies do. And she is a biracial woman. She is African-American and Caucasian. And she's one of the few African-Americans in the space. I know there are a few, but they just do reviews at Christmas time. Anne and I are two of the most consistent podcasters out there. I do believe there's a woman named Bree. She does some reading recaps or roundups. I forget what they call it in the Hallmarkies language. But that happens ever so often that I don't know how many people may remember her because there's so many wonderful ladies in that group. So with Anne and I being kind of the most, do I want to use the word prominent? I don't know. But I wanted to pick her brain just about what this movie means to us as black women what this movie means to us as black women who love Hallmark and what this movie means to us as black women who love Hallmark and our podcasters within this space because there is levels to this. So I would love for you guys to go check out that Instagram live. It's an hour in total, but Ann and I talk for about 30 to 40 minutes and then the last 20 minutes is me just kicking it with people who are in the chat. Um, But what I will say to you guys here in the podcast room of the home of Dear Hallmark, I will let you know that this movie meant a great deal to me. And I knew this movie was going to be something great and something special when they released the cast list. And as I was watching it, I said, I knew it. Joyful Drake, Erica Ash, and Lance Gross are some dang good actors. Incredibly good actors. They don't play. And I was happy to see that they brought that same energy to this movie. And in talking with director Terry J. Vaughn about this, from what I gathered, it seemed like everyone who was involved with this movie on the American side of things, since they shot in Italy and had a, in a, an entire Italian crew, everyone that was involved on the Amer- in the American side of things, I think they, un- they had an understanding of how special and important this movie is and will be. As it's the debut, it's not just because it's a movie with black leads yes that's important but it's the debut movie of a franchise now we have another branch in the hallmark media tree that is celebrating black culture which is amazing and i was talking with someone about this too because if you look at it not counting that hallmark mahogany movie we've had a total total 
of three movies thus far this year with leads that were not Caucasian. One of them was of Latin descent with Love in the Limelight. The other two were Caribbean Summer and A Second Chance at Love. And A Second Chance at Love, we didn't get until the end of March. So at that point, we had at least 12 to 15 movies, maybe even 20 at that time, with no other ethnicity but of European descent being shown on the TV screen. And so seeing, watching this movie with gorgeous, talented black women being black and what that means and how we express ourselves because I think that's a part of it too there are certain expressions there are certain songs there are certain isms if you will that is particular to black culture that it's like if you know you know and it was just so cool seeing that because there were those moments like if you know, you know, like the opening song, living my life like it's golden. I've said that in passing during reviews a lot of times, but to hear that song be played by the queen herself, Jill Scott, shout out because she is from Philly. One of her nicknames is Jilly from Philly. So I just want to put that on. Okay, 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 I'm done. But man, it was just so beautiful. I smiled the entire time. I was riding a high. Monday was a blur. I don't even I can't even tell you what I did at work. I don't even know if I was actually there. I just know I got on a train. I went to a building. I sat at a computer. I left a building. I went on a train and I came back home. (laughs) But with that, let me tell you the premise of this movie. So we have three friends, Allison, Melina and Risa. Allison is our, she seems like the older sister of the group. She's an English professor at North Carolina, I was going to say AT&T, North Carolina A&T. And she is on kind of this exchange program, if you will, as a professor in an Italian school. And she's teaching creative writing. And then Melina, she is a chef who has, who is a, a breast cancer survivor. And she has a food critic coming to her restaurant soon. Then we have Risa, who is a recent military vet. She's retired now, and she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life. And she's trying any and everything. Now, here are each of their individual conflicts. Allison, she has, you know, she's teaching in Italy. She met somebody. She's with somebody. They're not labeling it that they're dating because she's going to leave. She's a divorcee. And so now she's presented with being chair of the English department at North Carolina A&T. But she's also presented with the opportunity to extend her exchange program in Italy for another year and be on staff because they love her so much. So she's caught between a rock and an olive. (laughs) Y'all, I crack myself up sometimes. Okay, I'm back. Um, Then Melina, with her being a recent breast cancer survivor, she's finding it hard to really grab life by the horn. She's a little bit hesitant to do some things. She's holding on really tightly to this restaurant. She's nervous to go to Italy because she doesn't want to not be there when there's this food critic there. And so she's all in a tizzy about that. And then Risa, 
With her wanting to try any and everything, it puts a strain on her relationship with her husband because she's having every type of package sent to her house. Painting supplies, pottery, dog clothing line, dogs. She's like her, she's she's a bit chaotic and she's a bit all over the place. And it's making her husband a bit frustrated and it's making her frustrated that he's frustrated with her. And so that, that begins to put a strain on their relationship. So each of their individual conflicts kind of come to a head as as a group because everyone's not telling everyone everything so everyone doesn't know what's going on with everyone so when people start to duck and dodge and do things and 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 up and leave they're just like well what's going on I don't know and you know they're saying things behind their back about the other friend and it's just like what what else is going on so throughout the course of their the movie, they work through their own individual conflicts, but also work together as a group to support one another in the next leg of their journey. And in essence, and in each of their individual way, they're starting over. Melina with her now surviving cancer. Risa with her coming out of the military and integrating back into society. And then Allison being out of a divorce. So this movie was, oh gosh, where do I begin? The scenery was drop dead gorgeous. I wanted to immediately get on a flight. The performances, Oscar, Emmy, Grammy, BET Award, Country Music Award, VMA Award, a trumpet award, the White House Correspondents Dinner, what all of it. Just give them all of it, okay? I have never seen a group of women where I thought they were friends before, but they literally just met on set. You couldn't tell me they didn't know each other before filming this, even though they really didn't know each other before filming this. They, they, Their friendship chemistry is the best I've ever seen on Hallmark, period. Point blank, full stop, no refunds, no layaways. I'm, 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 I'm not even. Blackness aside, mahogany aside, I've never seen a group of women be so in sync with one another as I have this this group of women from an acting perspective. And then individually, they each brought something unique to the movie. Allison was kind of your straight arrow, but she, she, you know, she... <laughs> she did some facial expressions and she did some things that, that made you chuckle at times, but for the most part, she's our older sister. She's our straight arrow. Melina, she's just like, she's a bit emotional. And Reese is just our chaotic younger sister who's, she's the the bulk of our comedic relief. And when I tell you Erica Ash brought it, my goodness, this woman was brilliant. She was brilliant. I laughed so much. My favorite thing, the exclamation point on this whole movie was when... (laughs) It was when, so they, it was towards the end and they were, do, they were singing the living my life as is like it's golden song again. Right. But then Nico comes up, who's Allison's Italian love interest. Right. And so Risa says, oh, but I need your keys so I can get back to the, to the place or whatever. And so as Melina and Risa are leaving, Melina says, ciao. And Risa says, Arriva Derchi. And I'm like, first of all, why did she say it like that? She is a plum fool. I hollered, I hollered, I hollered, I hollered. And you guys, I also, I put up on Instagram a 
like quick three and a half minute clip around that time, like three, three fifteen, three thirty, I think is the time. Um, but it's of me reacting to the last five to seven minutes of the movie. So be sure to check that out um, if you aren't following Dear Hallmark on Instagram. But my goodness, this movie was just, it was great. Now, the one thing, though, or I would say a, a few things um, about the story. The time jumps were a bit abrupt. It, it took me a minute to realize that we were going day by day of the of the trip to Italy. We knew we were going to be in Italy for two weeks, Risa told us, and um, you're following them literally on each day of the of each day of the trip, at least for a solid week. And then I think there are there's a there's like a time jump um, to that effect. So that was one thing. Also, I wanted to see more from Alina's storyline. I wanted to see I wanted to see what happened. Like I feel like we didn't get a her storyline wasn't wrapped up for real because we don't know what happened with the food critic we don't know if she gets her stars or i don't know what the rating system was if she gets a good review in the magazine and then i don't think we got enough time with her and her gentleman suit and when i say suit that man wears a suit do you hear me Every last one of them men wore a suit. Every last one of them men wore a suit in the ending. And it was just fantabulous. It was fantabulous. Spectacular. That ending scene with them in their dresses eating out on the patio al fresco. Ugh. Between the women's dresses and the men's suits, I was just like, uh, why am I here? <laughs> You guys are clearly holding it down. I just uh, control alt delete me. <laughs> Out. I don't need to be here. Man, they But yes, I wanted to see more from Melina's love interest, which leads me to say this is a setup for a sequel. We there's so much. This the way they set this up, it's chock full of a sequel. Because another B-plot storyline, Teresa being chaotic about what to do with her life. Also, another strain on her and her husband's relationship is that she was trying to get pregnant and she's having trouble trying to get pre- Like, they want to start a family and she's having trouble trying to get pregnant. So we can have Risa as a mom in the sequel, yeah. Her finally deciding to do something with her life, yeah. Maybe seeing her stable, maybe not. Maybe that's something she's still contending with. At least one of them should be solved, though. I don't think we should still have both in the next one. And then Allison's storyline, we catch up with her in Italy. Is, are her and Nico married? Do, do they get married? Are we planning a wedding in part two? And so they're in Italy for Allison's wedding. Boom. There it is. The sequel, the premise of the sequel should be set around Allison's wedding to Nico. And so they reunite. And then we, we get to see Melina with the homie. I don't know her love interest's name. Um, Mr. Cooking Class Guy. Speaking of which, can we talk about the sunflower field scene? And how he took her to see sunflowers when he when she told him that sunflowers are her favorite thing in the world. And that she had a sunflower and artichoke, something or other. That was so beautiful. I loved it. And can we talk about that scene where Allison ran into the boardroom to, to deliver her soliloquy of commitment to teaching at that school and then she had that awkward encounter with one of the board members because I think she like side bumped him with her hip and she was like oh I'm sorry then just ends up giving him a side hug and it, 
just so many moments so many moments oh man how do i count the ways that i like this movie a mil- un- unthinkably unthinkably well you guys uh, do i have to say that this is a five crime movie i think you can tell that this is a five crime movie for me i didn't think well i'm gonna leave that i'm just gonna get my mouth on that so during the airing of this movie they finally showed previews for the next mahogany movie and i'm not ready i'm excited it stars sky marshall and tobias truvillian and it is a take off of sydney poitier's classic to Sir with love and this movie is called to her with love i do want to mention that um Hallmark Movies and Mysteries is the vehicle in which Hallmark Mahogany is premiering their movies. I I, I want to say that they're testers. Because if I'm not mistaken, I believe the goal is to make Mahogany its own network. Like Hallmark Drama. Like its own channel. And so I guess they're testing it on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries at this time. But unfortunately, I mean, there are a lot of people who are upset because they... Like, all they've seen on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries are just all of these love movies or dramatic movies, and they are starving for mysteries. And I get it. I didn't realize how many mysteries they released in a year, but to go from that to what we got, we only got three mysteries this year, with one coming in September, so four. We got Curious Caterer, Aurora Tea Garden, Cut Color Murder, and now it's been, like, what, four months, and you're giving us... um what is this? Or five months and you're given as a private investigator. And that's probably, who knows if they're going to have one in October. So this might be the last one we get for the year. So I, I can understand. And I never even realized this until I was reading the comments for Unthinkably Good Things. because, And that was, you know, we, that's a whole other episode talking about just the ratchetness and negativity in the comments. But there are a lot of people up in, like who only watch Hallmark movies and mysteries specifically for the mysteries. I never even realized that that was a segment of Hallmark viewership. I'm thinking everybody is just here for the, for the sap and the romance. And then mysteries is just kind of like the collard greens of, of it all. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of like our side piece. And we could just go to it when we want, but no, there are people who watch Hallmark movies and mysteries and mysteries only. They don't want the sap. They don't want the maple syrup. They don't want the romance. They're like, miss me with all of that. Skip me. Don't even reverse. All y'all draw for because you get on my nerves. So I do feel, I, I feel them and why on almost every post that's not a mystery. They're like, where are the mysteries? <laughs> so I get it. I get it. But with that being said, the next Hallmark Mahogany movie will be premiering on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries on September 11th. And it made me think, September 11th last year was the premiere of Roadhouse Romance. So, yay. Anyway, that will conclude my thoughts on Unthinkably Good Things. Be sure to check out the YouTube review companion to this. All of my YouTube reviews are first impression thoughts and feelings. So you're, you're getting all of the emotion, all of the surfacey emotion of how I feel about this movie. And, I mean, there is some depth to it. Let me not play myself, okay? Like, there's depth to it as well. But, like, the podcast has, like, deeper depth and, like, more elaborate thoughts. So, 
Pick your poison. So, yeah. Well, we're going to take another micro break. And when I come back, we're going to close this out with your weekend watching guide. So stay tuned. Welcome back, my dear friends. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Dear Hallmark. Um, to follow or keep up with all the stuff that's happening at Dear Hallmark, uh, we have a website. I forget I got a website. I did all that work and I don't be plugging the website. That's, that's, that's on me. That's on me. Visit the Dear Hallmark website. And um, we got an Instagram, we have a Facebook, we have a YouTube. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and rate and review if you haven't already. Let people know how much you love in the podcast. Not only does it help me out, but it also, also, sorry, it also does stuff for the algorithm. And it pushes the podcast out there to let other people know that, yo, there's some other Hallmark content out there for y'all to consume. Okay. And we, we, we 365 around here, not 365, but we are all year round. So we're not just at Christmas. So if they love Hallmark movies past and prior to Christmas, dear Hallmark is your jam, your jelly and your Devonshire cream. So Let's close this thing out with the weekend watching guide on Saturday. Great American Family is bringing the network premiere of Prescription for Love, which stars Trevor Donovan. That's coming on at 8 p.m. Now, I saw I saw that one on Amazon Prime and it has a Cinderella bin to it. It's quite cute. Um, so it, it has the feels in the in the side for you, you know. And then on Hallmark, we are getting Marry Me in Yosemite, which stars Tyler Harlow and Cindy Busby. Uh, Tyler Harlow has been making his rounds in the podcast circuit. Um, He will be on everything about Hallmark tonight on YouTube, depending on when you're watching that, when you're listening to this. He's already been on there. But um, he also did an interview with Suspenders Unbuttoned, as did Cindy Busby. So be sure to check those out. Um, for some updates in the land of Busby and to meet what may become the newest Tyler in the Hallmark universe. We'll see how that movie goes. <laughs> um, but that's Saturday. Both movies premiere at 8. And then on Sunday, first, we have on Up TV at 7 p.m., Love, Bubbles, and Crystal Cove. Can we get into that name? Love, Bubbles, and Crystal Cove. Oh, it just it feels like a, like a blank. This one stars Jesse Hutch. I have no idea what it's about. I think he's, a, he's an executive and he's an ex and they have to work together. But that's that's the best of my knowledge for that movie. And I'm going to watch it and I'm excited about it. So there's that. Then at 8 p.m., of course, on Hallmark, we have uh, episode four of Chesapeake Shores. And then at 9 p.m., our first Hallmark Movies and Mystery movie for September is Love's Portrait. Now, this one looks incredibly interesting. It is about a young woman who is an art historian. She does something with art and history. And uh, she finds a picture of herself that looks to be dated, though. And so it, it causes her to travel to Ireland to find the mystery behind the painting. It gives me wedding veil without the wedding and the veil. If that makes sense. It's giving me first and second wedding veil. With the finding the history behind the painting. And blah, blah, blah. But that's Love's Portrait. So I believe we are on location in Ireland in that movie. 
which will be interesting. Hallmark's been spending some money on us this year. We've been to Italy twice with Mahogany and Wedding Veil Unveiled. We've been to Cornwall, England with the presence of love. Now we'll be in Ireland with love's portrait. We went to the Caribbean for Caribbean summer. We went to Hawaii twice with two tickets to paradise and groundswell. Y'all better spend money on us. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Dear Hallmark. I hope you enjoy your Labor Day weekend. I hope you relax. Enjoy your family, your friends, and good food, good people. I hope you get good sleep. And I will talk to you guys next week. Ciao, my friends.